Hello and welcome to Solid Steps Radio. I'm Chad Russell. That is Kurt Souter of Further Still Ministries. And we are a show, if you're just tuning in for the very first time, called Solid Steps Radio. And we decided to start a show for men, by men, talking about stuff from a man's perspective. We want all kinds of folks to listen, ladies, men. We don't care. But we wanted to have a voice that spoke to guys. And we said, guys, look, you can talk about sports, politics, and work a lot, and that's okay. But we need to talk about some other things in life, some of the more important things, which is the things of God and your walk with God through and with Jesus Christ. And we believe that you as a man are not fulfilling your destiny as a man if you're not doing that. So we want to cover a bunch of different topics. And today, it's a very interesting topic, and I was reminded about something my wife tells my kids. So when you've got a house full of kids with you've got one child or 10 it doesn't matter but there's always a food issue with food right they can come up and go i'm hungry i'm not hungry and it's something you always hear come out of kids mouth is i'm starving and my wife has smart as smart as she is she has she goes i heard that it takes 64 days to starve to death i guarantee you you're not starving (laughs) so you can just love to hear something to eat right (laughs) it's like i'm so hungry so today we're talking about hunger and feeding, but not the physical kind. We're talking about what it means to feed yourself spiritually and what is it that we should be taking in. So, Chad, it, yeah, it, it's exactly right. And, and the Bible has to say a lot about feeding ourselves, uh, you know. And so, Eric Schonsberg, it is absolutely great to have you back on the show. Glad to be here. Um, bro, it's it's uh, it's always a joy. You and I have been partnering ministry together for the last uh, nearly twenty years, and uh, it's been uh, it's been a good thing. But um, here's my question to you, bro: What uh, I mean, you you love the Bible, and you love to feed your soul. You know, the Bible says that all Scripture is God breathed. All Scripture is inspired by God. Um, Hebrews 4 says that uh, it's the Bible, the, the Word of God is living and active. And, um, but it always wasn't that way with you. When, when did that begin to change? Yeah. And, uh, and before we look at a text today that we're going to kind of unpack, it's really powerful. I think the first catalyst is just glory to God that the Bible is that amazing. Uh, it, it, the, the beauty of it, the intricacy, it can be read devotionally and be powerful. Uh, it can be studied and you just find detail after detail that is just so inspiring. We'll talk about uh, a, a lot of those today. But of course, despite its beauty, intricacy, power, etc., most people don't read it. And so uh, the credit for that goes to my, uh, the influential pastor I had in Texas, uh, who uh, the, the, actually, the, the, the moment was he, I, I show up at his church and uh, he announces that he's going to teach on Joshua for the entire academic year. And I couldn't begin to fathom how on earth a pastor was going to sp- preach on Joshua for eight months. But he uh, proceeded to unpack it and it was awesome. And uh, so that awakened a love in, uh, for the Bible for me and then uh, especially the Old Testament. And you have uh, since then... Not only have you just jumped into God's Word in, in a way that just has transformed your life, but you have committed, as a lay person, um, you're, not, uh, you know, you're not paid to be good like, like I am. Mm-hmm. You know, we've gone down this road before. You're good for nothing. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, but you you have continued to just consume God's word, and not only so, but you want to you want to teach it to others, and you want to help others get into God's word, and you actually want to help others begin to teach God's word as well. Um, you you have an uh, adage that you and I have done ministry together. Uh, you know, you can give a person a fish, or you can teach them how to fish. And then you add one more element to that. Yeah, we want to teach people how to teach other people how to fish. And then you get a multiplying ministry out of that. So our work with uh, DC and the discipleship curriculum, but really everything we do should have one or both of those goals to teach people how to fish for themselves or even better to teach them how to teach other people to empower them to pass it on to the next generation yeah and so you know we've been able to do that for the last almost 20 years um but so god has really used you to touch uh, you know literally thousands of lives um in the kentuckiana area and uh, you know beyond uh you know internationally uh, but you recently taught a uh, out of Exodus chapter 18. Yeah, my college-age Bible study that my wife and I lead, uh, we're going through Exodus, and I uh, got to chapter 18. Now, how, now how, back up there, how'd you, how did I mean, you just start? You guys, we're going to study e- Exodus? Yeah. Uh, wh- wh- no, why? Exodus is loaded. I mean, it's, <laughs> Exodus is awesome. So there's so much in Exodus uh, to, to, to read and apply to our lives. I mean, the chapter we're going to talk about today is a— terrific example of that but there's just so much and uh, exodus uh, about you know god it, it's amazing you know for example the plagues everyone talks about that but i was just reminded again as we were going through that that the top verb the top concept in the plagues is not god's power or sovereignty uh, it's not that he's whipping up on the egyptian gods and pharaoh and that's all part of it but the top verb in that section is that they would know god that's what it's about And so uh, for Moses, for Pharaoh, for the Egyptians, for the Israelites, God's goal through that, his top goal, is they would know him. And so that, to me, is what the scriptures are about as well. It's it's not just to read. It's not just uh, to study. It's not just to pick up these cool things. We want to know the God who loves us, who is amazingly creative, uh, who is powerful, who works in history, who cares about us. And we see that over and over again in the scriptures. And to be reminded of that, roots our faith uh, and our hope in, in uh, everyday living. So you're teaching this to a bunch of college kids, and uh, were they like, what, we're going to study Exodus? No, they've already bought in. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So uh, uh, let's, uh, l- let's introduce uh, Exodus, mm-hmm. and uh, um, what, what have you taught, and what, what leading up to yeah. uh, chapter 18, which is uh, Moses and his encounter with his father-in-law. Yeah. So the context, right, is that uh, Israel's in slavery to Pharaoh and Egypt, and they're delivered. And chapter 12 has the Passover. And then after the deliverance uh, from bondage and the Passover lamb and the angel of death and all that uh, great stuff is, a, is an in-between section, chapters 13 through 17. And uh, it's the time between uh, Passover and giving of the law and the Ten Commandments at Mount Sinai. Uh, and in that section, it's pretty interesting. There's uh, God is walking with them as a pillar of cloud and fire. And then he delivers them from Pharaoh, parting of the Red Sea. And that section ends with a victory over Amalek. Uh, and in between those two victories, the military victories, uh, is uh, where the Israelites grumble and they don't have enough food and water. 
And it's interesting there that uh, they're, God's taking care of them, right? He's taking care of them in the face of enemies of the world, and then he's just taking care of them in the difficult circumstances of life. And then that gets us to 18, which is this in-between chapter uh, that kind of ends this section, and it's this, this moment with Jethro. And two things interesting about this. One, it tells us about the importance of governance and organization and discipleship for Israel and therefore for us. Uh, but the second thing is that uh, a Gentile is a key part of this story. That's pretty important for a couple of reasons. You know, we think of the Jews as the chosen people, but as uh, the Jews often will write about this, they'll say, well, that doesn't mean we're special. It just means God expects more from us. Uh, <laughs> and we have more burdens. We have more responsibility. And so, uh, but God also works with the Gentiles. And so the uh, chapter 17 ends with uh, a military victory against the Amalek, the Amalekites. And so you might derive from that that, well, God wants them to hate all the non-Jews. The Jews should hate the non-Jews. They're going to be a battle. But the hero of this story is going to be a Gentile. And so God's saying, no, I'm working with Gentiles. I have a relationship with Gentiles. Great things can come from Gentiles. So there are the Amaleks of the world. And that's, okay, you're going to have to do battle with them. But there are the Jethros of this world in chapter 18. And so don't uh, refuse contact with pagans. Don't hate all of them. Uh, you know, you hate the Amalekites and you, you partner with the Jethros of this world. Yeah, and um, as you are walking through this passage, um, a lot of times we can, we can read through the scriptures and we can think that God, at least in the Old Testament, is just pro-Jew, mm -hmm. uh, the Israelites. But that's not really the case. Yeah. There's, uh, he loves all mankind. Yeah. The Gentile is the hero of the story. In fact, a Gentile is going to be the one who gives them their system of government. Some, some organizational leadership. Yeah. I mean, it, so it's amazing advice, but it's also their system of government. And Dennis Prager, I'm reading his commentary on Exodus right now, the, the radio show host, and he makes the point that, that this just tells you that Scripture is divinely inspired. If you're writing this, you don't give credit to a pagan for your government. That, that's ridiculous. The only way you do that is if it's divinely inspired, and God wants to work with both Jew and Gentile. All Scripture, yep. even the Old Testament, all Scripture is God-breathed. So we'll take a break and come back. Excuse me. And we're going to talk more about not just Exodus 18, but we're going to talk about how do you approach a section of Scripture for your spiritual diet and we're going to talk a little bit more about eric's project the word diet so we're going to take a break we'll be back shortly in the next couple segments talking more with dr eric schonsberg here on solid steps radio welcome back to solid steps radio i am chad russell that is kurt Souter, and we are here with eric schonsberg and we are talking today uh about Exodus 18, but really a bigger picture. We're talking about how do we approach the scripture and consume it in a way that helps us to speed our, feed ourselves spiritually. And uh, we want to thank Ellen and Credit Union. They are a sponsor of our show, but they've been helping our, our culture here locally, Louisville, as far as financially with your businesses, your private uh, finances. Ellen and Credit Union has been a great uh, model here in the community and uh, we also want to thank vision first eye care if you need help with contacts glasses or just your eye health vision first eye care can take care of you rod rollo and his crew have many locations in the louisville area so they can 
take care of you, not just as a set of eyes, but as a person. And also Bright Star Home Care. If you need help with a loved one, whether it's 24-hour care or just somebody helping out someone who needs it one day a week, Bright Star Home Care can walk through that process with you helping a loved one who is in more need than what you can handle. So, Eric, you know, the Bible talks about it, it's the meat of the word, it's the milk of the word, it's, uh, you know, the, the psalmist says, taste and see that the Lord is good. You know, there's this image of how we need to take in God's word. We, we really can't feed our souls, nurture our interior life apart from God's word. And it's interesting that the metaphor is used for food because food implies you're digesting it. It becomes part of you. You usually are chewing your food. And so there's a sense of, you know, sometimes you just eat food, but other times you're going to, you know, chew on it. And I think that the metaphor tells us uh, that, that God wants that for us, that the word would uh, nourish us, that it would involve at times some, some chewing on it, some meat, some milk, depending on how you approach the text. Yeah, and uh, really that, that the verse or the, the word there would be meditation. Mm-hmm. You know, when you read God's word, it, you meditate then on mm-hmm. that, and it's really chewing the cud. It's what a cow would do. It's what a deer would do, mm-hmm. eating, and, and it's continuing to chew. And uh, that's that's what we want to do here. But in, in Exodus 18, mm-hmm. um, kind of jumping into the text here, yeah. Moses is now going to share some some good stuff with yeah. his father-in-law. So Moses has had all these uh, moments, right? Uh, in, interactions with Pharaoh, he's revelations from God, and he's coming back to his father-in-law, and they have a series of moments in this chapter. And so verse 8 tells us that Moses told Jethro about everything the Lord had done to Pharaoh and the Egyptians for Israel's sake and about all the hardships they had met along the way and how the Lord had saved them. Uh, and so Moses is telling them about all the things that had happened, right? Both the deliverances and the tough times. And so uh, both the difficulties, the circumstances, and how God had delivered them. I think a lot of times we think about our testimony as, you know, when we, when we were saved by God. If you're a Christian and someone asks your testimony, a lot of times people go to that moment. But ideally, you have a bunch of those moments where God has worked in your life. And so testimony really should be the story of the stories of how God has intervened. And if the only part of your testimony is when you're saved, then you need to uh, work on that because God should be part of your everyday life. Uh, And that's what Moses is sharing with him is his life, the difficulties, and how God had moved. Jethro responds in a number of interesting ways. Verse 9 says he's delighted. Verse 10, he offers praise. Verse 11, he says, now I know that the Lord is greater than all gods. He offers burnt offerings and sacrifices in verse 12. Uh, so Jethro responds in his own, uh, on his own. So which, mo- which, you know, it communicates the power of testimony. Right. The, the power of us sharing what God is doing and, and moving in our own lives and the people around us, it prompts. It can prompt. It can so, prompt, yes. So to elicit that. So, the, you know, the, the series of moments are that Moses takes the initiative to share stuff. He goes deep. He's not just talking about, hey, how the Cardinal's doing or, you know, hey, boy, it's awfully warm out here again today. Uh, it's like an a- actual conversation. But then Jethro has to engage. Jethro doesn't have to do all these things. So Moses shares and Jethro engages. So a couple things here. One, keep in mind, this is a a guy and his father-in-law having this conversation. And so one thing to, to wrestle with is how, 
you know, the people that we're closest to, often it's the hardest to have conversations like this, spiritual conversations with the people that we're closest with. And, but that's not a problem for these guys. Moses and his father-in-law are able to have this wonderful discussion. And I think it's a challenge for us uh, to have these sort of discussions, period. But second, particularly with those in, in the family that we're closest with. And a lot of times that's very difficult to do. Well, and the other thing that's interesting, Moses doesn't just share all the good stuff. Mm -hmm. um, in fact, I, I listened uh, just recently to a sermon about how God uses all the negative stuff. And, you know, when I share my story or you share your story um, and it's the you, you share the hard parts of life, the, 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 the tragedies that really gets people's attention. Yeah. Um, in the midst of tragedy, pain, suffering, difficulty, God uses that. That's always easier to share the, the difficult things when God has moved or when you know, life has fixed itself. But even there, a lot of times, I think people struggle with shame. One of the stories from my own uh, background, this is just, uh, uh, just my, my history, is that I was kicked out of college for bad grades. And I share that every semester with my students because they can't believe that. I mean... That's, that's amazing to them, right? And, and I just shared that with my college students, and they just look at me like, what? I mean, they just can't imagine that. But if we don't share our struggles with people, and in particular, if we don't show, uh, share, uh, you know, we're vulnerable with them, but then share how God has redeemed those struggles, if we don't risk that and, and be uh, humble and share those things, then we're really t uh, depriving those people of an opportunity to grow closer to us and to God. And Moses doesn't have a problem with that. He's sharing these difficulties and how God has moved. And we should do the same. Yeah. You also share with your students. Um, and by the way, listeners, he is an economics professor, uh, got his Ph.D. from Texas A&M. And um, so he gets, uh, you know, you get kicked out of school for your grades, you know, in your first college experience. And then you were fired from your first job, right? Right. Yeah, sure that sure that job too. <laughs> after the thirty day probationary period, so that's a different story. Uh, but, uh, a different, yeah, but it's it's important to share that, right? Because I mean, I'm standing up there, and they're thinking, right? They're they're assuming certain things about me, and I think in the Christian life, we you know we've let's say you've been in the faith for a long time, you've been walking with God. Well, you you still should share stories about what the bump and the grind of that walk was like. I mean, we're, none of us are close to perfect. And so we need to share those difficulties. Now, Moses hasn't dropped any balls here. These aren't his mistakes, but yet he's still sharing, hey, man, it was tough, man. I, these people are grumbling and they're being idiots. And I, I, I was struggling in my leadership, but God delivered. And so he's sharing those things with Jethro and it's changing Jethro's life. Yeah. And you know what we have to, as Christians, as followers of God, you know, what we have to do is look for those things. We, we can always see the negative many times, but we have to look at the positive things. We have to look at the, the glasses half empty or half full. And we have to begin to think of, of, of how God has worked and how God has redeemed. And we have to keep our eyes open. Lord, help me to see where you're at work. Help me to see the blessings of my life that I'm not even aware of right now. Yeah, absolutely. I think we, we, we just, you know, I think maybe the first mistake would be we don't even aim for anything of substance in our conversations. We, we strictly stick to small talk. Uh, and, you know, so I think 
you know, to have things that, that uh, we can speak about of substance and then to have the courage, the um, passion to take things deeper when we can. That's good. So, okay, so um, moving on into mm-hmm. the text. So Moses is telling Jethro all these good things. Yeah, so they have this great conversation. And then the next thing we read in the text is that uh, the next day Moses goes out and does his work. And he's, he's a judge, basically. He's, he's an arbiter, uh, mediator. And uh, he, he... And we got just a, uh, more than a few dozen people. Yeah, there's tons of people. And they're grumblers. So they got lots of things to complain about. <laughs> they have lots of complaints. And Moses, basically, it says in the text... Is morning and evening. I mean, he basically, it's all day long. It's old guy uh, putting in a long day. And you give Moses credit. I mean, you know, he cares about justice. He cares about his people. But he does this all day long. Uh, and then Jethro's watching. And then in verses 13 through 16, he asks a few questions. In verse 14, he says, you know, what are you doing? You know, basically clarifying this. And uh, verse 16 ends. And then we're like, okay, what's going to happen next? Well, Jethro... Uh, is going to provide some advice for Moses. Uh, Jethro has done some great things here, right? He has a relationship with Moses. He's observed Moses, right? They have an ongoing relationship. He's seen Moses at work. He asks some clarifying questions. And then, based on his wisdom and experience and his, his heart, his love for Moses, he offers counsel starting in verse 17. And, and notice that he is Jethro is not, I mean, he's not the leader of Israel. Mm-hmm. He's not the spiritual. Um, he is the, the priest of, of Midian. And which, mm-hmm. which, which means what? Well, we don't know exactly. I mean, it's, uh, he has some kind of uh, religion of some kind. He's gotten a greater revelation here from Moses. We're not exactly sure what his relationship is, but he's a religious man. Uh, of some sort, and he's obviously an older man, and he's got, presumably has some wisdom, and he drops some wisdom on Moses. Yeah, and we're going to continue to unpack that. So we're going to come back in a couple, two more segments. That was our second segment. If you didn't hear all of this, and you want to hear more of this, and you're not going to be able to tune in live, you can go to our Facebook page, you can go to SoundCloud or iTunes, and just type in Solid Steps Radio, and you can hear the show in its entirety, thanks to our sponsors. So we're going to take a break, come back shortly for our third segment. Here on Solid Steps Radio. Welcome back to Solid Steps Radio. Chad Russell, Kurt Souter. We're here with Eric Schonsberg, Dr. Eric Schonsberg. And we are talking today about not just Exodus 18, the chapter of the Bible. We're talking about the word diet. Eric's going to talk more about that here in a little bit. But uh, if you are needing to find out about your retirement, are you going to retire? What's it take to retire? What's the wisdom about retirement? What it looks like? Dan Hart Financial can take care of you in regards to talking about what a biblical perspective would be about your retirement. Maybe you already have a retirement in place and it's not what you hope or think it is. Dan can take a look at that for free and, and give you some wisdom on that. Also, we want to thank Frank Enterprises. If you have a septic tank issue or if you've got water drainage issue, landscaping, anything outside your home when it comes to water, Frank Enterprises can take care of you. They have been taking care of Kurt for years at his properties, and and they are very knowledgeable on what they do. And also Southern Smoke Catering. You want to go to the Facebook page, Southern Smoke BBQ Catering. So type in Southern Smoke BBQ Catering. And you will see all the great stuffs, weddings, birthdays, retirements, you name it. Is got they got the best brisket I've ever tasted, and they're fantastic. So Southern Smoke Catering, 
Uh, we want to thank those folks for sponsoring our show. So, Eric, uh, yeah, and by the way, before we, you know, put some south in your mouth, man. <laughs> you, you, you won't regret it. It's very you, good. you will not regret it. So, Eric, um, Moses has now shared all this good stuff with his father-in-law, and his father-in-law um, basically has an incredible response. Yeah. So he's watched him for a day, and then Jethro responds to it. And the first thing he says in 17 is, this is not good. And it's actually the same language that God uses in Genesis 2 when he sees Adam's alone, and he says, this is not good. And the, that's Moses' problem. He's alone, too, and uh, it's, not, it's not effective. Um, I think the first thing to say there is that it's a direct comment, and uh, Jethro has enough of a relationship, and he's going to say a lot of tactful and gracious uh, things shortly. But it's interesting he starts off with this kind of direct com- uh, confrontational, this is not good. And, it, and it's especially funny when you think, you know, Moses was probably— we don't know this from the text, but he's probably like pretty proud of himself, right? Because he's you know busting he's, his tail, he's, he's working, working so his hard. Tail off. That's right. He's the big cheese, and picture you know he's kind of half expecting Jethro to go, "Hey, man, good, ah, that's crazy. I couldn't do that," you know. And it's all the things he's probably hoping to hear or expecting to hear, and instead uh, Jethro goes, "Nah, this is not good." Um, so, verse eighteen, he says, uh, "You're going to wear yourselves out." Plural. That's interesting, right? We can see how this is going to wear Moses out, but Jethro is also getting into the wisdom here and saying, you're going to wear them out with this approach. This is not a good approach. They're standing in line all day. You're tired. Things are going to slip through the cracks. Uh, you're going to wear them out with this approach. This is just not uh, not a good idea. Verse 20 talks about, he says, you need to teach them and show them. And those two verbs are interesting, right? Well, It's not merely that we teach people stuff, we need to show them uh, that as well. And so there's an apprenticeship part of it. A lot of times we teach at people, but then we don't come alongside and show them how to do something. And which I'm gonna interject just real quickly because that's a passion of you have mm-hmm. of not just teaching the Bible, but how to show them and have giving them a plan to read the Bible and to consume the scriptures for their own spiritual n- nourishment. Yeah, and the college-age study, you know, having them pray out loud, and for most of them, that's a first-time thing, you know, but I can pray out loud, I can, sh- you know, but to actually have them do it is important. We're coming up on the Ten Commandments, and uh, after I get, I'm gonna cover Commandments 1 and 2, because those are challenging, but Commandments 3 through 10, uh, I'm gonna have them cover it. I'm gonna work with them behind the scenes, and they're gonna facilitate the discussion in our group uh, on the other commandments. They can handle that. If I, if I work with them and show them how to do it and hold their hand, they can lead uh, lessons on the Ten Commandments. And then uh, my latest project is the, the Word Diet, and uh, that came from a conviction that we're always in the church uh, saying, you know, we're, we're encouraging people to read the Bible, but then we don't give them a feasible plan or help them with any accountability, uh, which doesn't sound like the best idea uh, to it's, actually it's, help it, them. It's, it's just this general kind of vague, right. uh, hey, you guys need to read the Bible. And you're, and you're like, no, we got to help them read strategically the read the Bible. Yeah, show and, them how to do it. You yes. know, do, not just teach at them. Preaching's fine. Teaching at people is fine. But give, show them. Give them a workable plan. Give them something that's actually going to work instead of handing them a big, thick 2,000-year-old uh, book and saying, hey, good luck, pal. Uh, this is not uh, not a good strategy. So the word diet is you know, reading a chapter a day for a year to get the arc of Scripture. 
So you're only going to have a quarter of the Bible read at that point. But I've you know strategically chosen uh, chapters that uh, are very readable, uh, you know, very kind applicable, etc. And you know anyone can read a chapter a day. Kind of put and it, and it gives you a, a thirty thousand feet mm-hmm. view of the entirety of Scripture. Yep. Half Old Testament, half New Testament. Talk just real quickly about, uh, you also have a memory verse um, Yeah, we have a memory verse. Yeah, c- component to that, I have an easier and a heavier uh, memory verse option in there. And so trying to encourage Bible memory as well. That's good stuff. So it's available on the website for, at Further Still Ministries or thoroughlyequipped.org. We've got them on the website if you're interested in that. The Word Diet by Dr. Eric Schonsberg. Go to furtherstillministries.org. Okay, now... Uh, just a little uh, yeah. uh, opportunity for our listeners to, hey, here's a plan to get yep. into God's word. Yep. Um, but Jethro continues to explain, hey, th- this is all not good, man, yep. Moses. Uh, and the punchline is verse 21. I mean, the guts of the advice is he says, but select capable men from all the people, men who fear God, trustworthy men who hate dishonest gain, and appoint them as officials over thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. In other words, you got to get an infrastructure. You've got to equip and empower people that can help you lead. You need a, a hierarchy, a structure, infrastructure. You've got to invest in people, Moses, so that you can lead more effectively. You by yourself is not a good idea. You've got to focus on empowering other people. And just the wisdom of that you know, the things that he points out are amazing, too. You need people of integrity. You need people that are objective. You need, if these people are going to be judges, you, they, they have to be impartial. They have to have lives that are respectable. They have to have wisdom. And so you think about, you know, I want to be an Exodus eighteen twenty one man, for one thing. Uh, and then I need, if I'm a church leader, I need to be just, you know, uh, strategic and passionate about equipping men and women to be the sort of people that Moses, that Jethro is describing to Moses here in verse 21. Just sitting in a church week after week listening to good sermons is not going to get that done. It's going to have to take more than that. And for Moses, it's the same thing. He's going to have to train people. He's going to have to teach them, show them, equip them to do the things that Jethro is talking about. And, and as he is doing all of that, then... Uh, you're going to be okay, Moses, because you, you know beforehand you're you're just going to wear yourself out. You're going to wear all of these people out because they're going to be waiting on you. But now, if you implement this game plan, this is going to change everything. Yep. Um, what what I guess uh, what do you think Moses was thinking when he's listening to his father-in-law? Well, that's another choice, right? So Jethro has his second moment, right? He's He is giving, dispensing this amazing wisdom. And so this is a challenge to us as well. Sometimes we have things to say and we just, we're lazy or we don't have the guts to say them. We're like, well, I might hurt Moses' feelings. And, oh, I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I, and we just don't share stuff with people. Uh, and Jethro has the you know, guts, the wisdom, the whatever to say, look, I got to say something to Moses. I can't, I can't not say something to him. And then of course, Moses has a choice here as well. He has his second moment. What am I going to do with this? You know, we can receive, uh, Jethro delivers the counsel. It's great counsel, really well delivered. R- really well. He, yeah. I mean, he said, hey, hey, Moses, hey, knucklehead. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm watching how mm-hmm. this uh, moronic 
uh, thing that you are doing day in and day out. No, he he comes in with with tact, with yep. with grace, and yet it's coupled with truth. Yeah, if you read the passage, we're not gonna, we don't have time to go through all of it. But if you read that that chunk, you're like, wow, this is this is really eloquent. Uh, it's humble. Just the little phrases he adds in there, it's really amazing stuff. But at the end of the day, Moses still can refuse it. And so Moses has to make a decision. Sometimes we get counsel that's good, but it's not well delivered. And even there, we have a choice, right? I mean, if someone has something good to say but doesn't say it well, I still need to choose to accept it. It's good counsel. But even the best counsel can be refused. And Moses, to his credit, doesn't just go, wow, it's just some Gentile or... It's some, you know, as my father-in-law, man, have you seen the way he chooses food or, you know, just make excuses to get rid of his counsel. We, we do that kind of stuff. We'll just make excuses to get rid of good advice. And Moses, to his credit, has the humility to accept this great counsel from his father-in-law. Yeah. And uh, we will continue to really how that changes really the the movement of Moses and the whole nation of Israel. We're talking a couple million plus people. And this is a game plan that's going they're going to move forward. So we're going to take a break, our final break in our next last segment is going to be our final segment and come back. We're going to finish Exodus 18 and what we've done is basically taken an entire chapter and walked through it in about an hour's time. So that's the basis the premise behind Eric's project, The Word Diet. So again, go to furtherstillministries.org and you can pick up a copy of that. We'll be back for our fourth and final segment here on Solid Steps Radio. Welcome back to our fourth and final segment of Solid Steps Radio. If you are just joining us, you've missed this entire hour, or not the entire hour, but most of it. Go to Facebook, SoundCloud, or iTunes, and you can type in Solid Steps Radio to hear any of our past shows in their entirety, thanks to commercial-free sponsors like the Southeast Outlook. They are a local publication, and um, they help take care of write the stories that God is writing both locally and around the world. Uh, so it's the Southeast Outlook. Also, Eric Veal and Iroquois Family Dental. They are a family-friendly dental office. They have two locations in the Louisville area, one out in the Iroquois Park area, the other in the East Louisville. So they'll take care of you and your family dental needs. Uh, Veritech Generators. If you need a generator uh, to be uh, installed or serviced, one that you already have for your home or your business, Veritech can help take care of you and all of your generator needs. And also we want to thank Country Lake Christian Retreat Center. If you have an organization uh, that you want to take and do a retreat or a getaway and you want a special surroundings that uh, a little bit different than your typical meetings, uh, the uh, Country Lake Christian Retreat Center can take care of you for all your summer needs. So, Eric, one of the things that really intrigues me is, you know, we, we really don't know where Jethro is in his walk with God, but the man is loaded with wisdom. Mm -hmm. And a real application, at least as, I'm, as we're talking and walking through this passage, is that, man, even as Christians, we can learn a great deal from those who don't even know about God. Yeah. You know, you thought, thoughts well, on that? Well, numbers, I mean, God's going to speak through a donkey, <laughs> you know, so <laughs> if God can speak through donkeys, he can speak through the priest of Midian, whatever that means. You know, we, he's got some kind of relationship with God. I think sometimes we might dismiss, that'd be another excuse for dismissing counsel. Well, yeah, I haven't been, I haven't been walking with God, you know, really a long time. And 
Uh, what do they know? You know, but Moses doesn't do that. He doesn't dismiss Jethro because of his, you know, lesser relationship with God. Moses has talked with God. Whatever Jethro is, it ain't that. But he doesn't dismiss the counsel. He accepts the wisdom that Jethro has given him. If you look at, you know, there's a lot of style things here. You know, Moses or Jethro observes. He asks questions of Moses. He listens to his response. He assesses, and then he delivers this tactful reply. I mean, that's that's a beautiful formula. That's pretty golden. Yeah. Can can you do that, right? Uh, Jethro has wisdom to dispense, right? Uh, he's got worldly uh, wisdom. He knows how things work. He's got experience. He's studied. Uh, and so do we have wisdom that we can pass on to others? He's got this ongoing relationship with Moses. It's always easier, well, not always, it's often easier if there's a, a, a relationship where people know we care about them, we can say these kind of things. We can speak into their lives if they know that we love them and care about them. There's also a timing issue. It's kind of interesting. He shares mm. this with Moses at the end of his long day. He doesn't wait till the next day when Moses might fool himself into thinking, ah, I got this. I feel good this morning. I got a good night's sleep and I'm ready <laughs> I'm to ready. roll for the I'm next back's day. back's feeling good, you know. <laughs> he gets him at the end of the day. So I think the timing is interesting there as well. And again, sometimes we postpone, procrastinate. Well, I'll talk to him tomorrow. Jethro just jumps right in there and, and gets after it. Um, and then I think the other thing that's interesting is a lot of times outsiders are actually in a better position to give mm-hmm. us wisdom. They're not stuck in the middle of it. I, I think about our trips to Africa and where we see the impact of culture and tradition uh, in the Africans we're working with. And they can't see it because they're in the middle of their culture and traditions. They, it's just like a fish in water. And one of the things we can do is bring some wisdom to them because we can see things they can't. And so a lot of times the outsider is actually in a better position to give us perspective and wisdom, things that we don't see. Which, which again, reminds us in, in our context, we, we need to surround ourselves with, you know, the proverb says, he who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. And, you know, we're, we're wise. We are really wise when we seek out godly counsel, um, when we seek out others for their wisdom, for their insight, for those who've been down walking the road a, a, a mile or two ahead of us, and we can learn from them. I think the other big thing we see in this passage is it continues a pattern in Exodus where power and responsibility is being dispersed from simply Moses, who's had these has had this tremendous revelation and experience with God. Uh, as Jethro has pointed out, one man running the show is not good. And so you see responsibility and empowerment go to the family, to the elders, and now to this system that uh, Jethro is recommending. And so it's just not sufficient to have, you know, the one person leading at church or the one person leading this out of the other. It, uh, the scriptures speak to the importance of empowering other people. Um, and, and we see that in the New Testament as well. Jesus, you know, spends time with the crowds. Jesus spends time with the individuals, but the bulk of his ministry is pouring his life into 12. And then the 12 from there through the Holy Spirit are able to grow the church. You've got an infrastructure there, etc. It's not one person. It's not, you know, super Jesus preaching at people and that's the end of the the ministry. It's Jesus pouring his life into 12. And so for church leaders, uh, that is a challenge to to obey the ministry, to follow the ministry of Jesus, to obey what Paul talks about in Ephesians 4, 
means that you have to be purposeful in equipping others for ministry. The flip side of that coin is we need to make ourselves available as lay people for those uh, efforts. We need to seek those efforts out. We need to do what we can uh, to, to, uh, to get fed. And we need to you know, encourage our churches to uh, lay out opportunities for us to get empowered. As a lay person, as a person who is not a pastor, not on staff, mm-hmm. not getting paid, you know, Eric, talk to that guy who is, m- m- you know, maybe just really attending a worship experience. Mm-hmm. The, the how God wants to use him and bless him so much more. Talk, talk to him. Yeah, my my pastor in Texas was very helpful on this too. He used to talk about you know I'd share the gospel with somebody in the grocery store and it would be going fine. And then they would say, well, what do you do? And he would say, well, I'm, I'm a pastor. And they, he said, I could see their face shift, you know, like they, they were thinking, well, yeah, that's what you do. You, you talk about Jesus because you're paid to do that. He said, it's so much more powerful when a lay person does it. You know, it's back to your joke about doing it for nothing. If you're a lay person, you actually have a greater capacity to influence for the gospel if you're equipped. If you're equipped and you're not being paid to do it, it's that much more powerful. So I think the, the next challenge is, okay, well, how do you get equipped, right? Well, again, to the point we made earlier, just handing people a Bible or cracking the Bible open uh, and, and is, you know, trying to get after it, that's not a great idea. Uh, that's probably not going to work well. You're going to get stuck at the tabernacle section in Exodus 25. Uh, but, you know, the word die can be effective or getting in a small group uh, with, with some accountability is really important. Ultimately, it comes down to you've got to get out of your seat. You've got to do more than just show up at church uh, or whatever else. You've got to make investments in your own discipleship. You've got to read the Bible and community. Uh, You've got to read Christian literature and talk about it. You've got to invest in your own faith, just like anything else. You can't grow in anything, whether it's learning economics or learning how to play violin or whatever, unless you make investments. So that's what it takes. And it's not you know, brain surgery, it's, you know, it's easier than learning violin, I'd say. I mean, to, to get in a group of, uh, uh, with accountability and read the scriptures together and start down the path of, of growth. Just reading the Bible in the context of with some other, uh, other folks who also want to grow, uh, and that's what the word diet will, will help. You know, you, you get together with a small group of folks and you just read the Bible, and then you talk about what, you know, and, and you're not going to become a theologian by the next, you know, next month. But that, I love what Bob Russell used to say to us as staff, challenging our people, encouraging our people. Hey, it's, you're putting a 10,000-piece puzzle together. But over time, as the pieces are slowly put together, man, it begins to take form. And it begins to look like, hey, I, I'm making progress here. And that's, that's the whole point of us as we move forward in our spiritual journey. You know, think about anything else you do in life, whether it's your profession or learning how to play tennis or whatever. Yeah, it doesn't go very well at the beginning. That's <laughs> if, if it were that easy, then it wouldn't be valuable. You know, wouldn't you know? And so, what's it take? Well, it takes making mistakes. It takes learning. It takes investment. Uh, whatever, anything of complexity takes us to to invest in that thing. And for us, that starts with reading the Bible, community. You know doing some lifting yeah eric it is awesome to have Mm -hmm. you back brother uh the joy of doing ministry with you has been an incredible experience so so thanks uh, for coming in again hey would you pray for us guys that we would be men of the bible the men of the word that we would live it and we would pursue 
the word of God. Yep. Pray for us. Lord, thank you for today. We, we thank you for the uh, story here with Jethro and Moses and what we learn about uh, delivering wisdom, having wisdom, and then accepting wisdom on the part of Moses. And it's easy to make excuses. Uh, it's easy to think it's beyond me. It's too much work. Uh, it's too risky. But Lord, you want great things from us and for us. And I just pray that, that the, the people listening to this would, would um, believe that, that you don't, you, you don't just want to save us, put us on a shelf and stay out of trouble. I'll see you in heaven. You want great things for us right now. And that, but that involves our participation. It's your provision. It's our participation, Lord. And I just pray that for the people listening, they would be inspired to, uh, to do that in the, in the weeks to come. Lord, thank you for all these things. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Thank you, bro. Thanks, Eric. So you've heard, you have just saw an hour of approaching a chapter of Scripture. And again, we want to emphasize the word diet by Dr. Eric Schonsberg. It's a one chapter per day for a year to read, the, to read and understand the Bible. And you're not going to get through the entire Bible in one year, right, Eric? Right, just one fourth about. But about a fourth of it. And you say, well, it's only a fourth in a year. How have you been doing so far? <laughs> How's your plan work so far? Well, if you don't have one, then don't complain about it. Well, that's not enough. A chapter a day, a quarter of it, and that means in, in four years, you have gone through the entire Bible. How many people can say they've read through the entire Bible? So one chapter a day, the word diet. Dr. Eric Schonsberg, you go to furtherstoministries.org and pick up that book. Hey, thank you for listening to Solid Step Radio.